Brett Proctor is a chiropractor who happens to own a lot of supercars. So stick around and hear his full story on how he got to where he is and the wisdom he has to share. Enjoy. Humans have been telling stories for thousands of years, and here's why. Stories activate our emotions, and whenever you combine emotion to new information, that knowledge sticks with us for a lot longer. That's why I'm on a quest to discover true modern stories by the people who live them so that we may all learn wisdom from it. My name is Cole. Thanks for joining me on the summit of Mentor Mountain. Well, Brett, thank you so much for being on the show, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. So you're a chiropractor. What made you want to get into chiropractics? Okay. So it's a, it's a little bit of a weird story. Um, I was, uh, in college and I wanted to go into business and Mm -hmm. I, I started thinking about, I'm like, I don't know what that means. Like, I don't know, like graduating with a business degree, what direction that would take me. Cause it seems like that business degree could take you anywhere you wanted to go. And I liked that, but I wanted a little bit more focus. So I literally got the phone book out back then and started flipping through the yellow pages and it was going A through Z. I kind of like body work, like body, like body shop. I took a lot of classes at Utah Valley uh, University. It was actually Utah Valley State College when I was in high nice. school. And then it was Utah Valley, or no, technical, technical college when I started in high school. State college. And then it UBSCU. became UBSCU. Yeah, UBSCU. Nice. So <laughs> I, I was down there and uh, I didn't know the direction I wanted to go. So I started just flipping through the yellow pages. I got, I got to chiropractic. I called, I'd never even been to a chiropractor before. Um, I went and do- uh, job shouted a few people and liked it. So um, that's the direction that I took. Just that's seems like cool, a good man. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure. And so did you join a different, like, a practice right out of college or did you just decide, you know what? I have an entrepreneurial bug in me. I want to start my own practice. How did that work out? I mean, I, I talked to some guys. I would, the ones that I job shadowed, I ended up working for them for two years overall, but I was there for about six months and they're like, dude, we got to pay you. Cause I was volunteering there and <laughs> we got to like, pay you. We got to pay you or you got to leave. But I can't just hang around <laughs> forever. So I worked like one or two days a week and just did like their back office, you know, chiropractic assistant stuff. And uh, I just liked it. So I, my goal was to come back and work with that group. There was four doctors and they were in Orem, Orem, Utah and good dudes. But uh, I got into school in St. Louis, Missouri, and they had broken up at that point. They had kind of dissolved their practice into two different groups. So I kind of job mm-hmm. in both of them on like upon graduation and chose one, one group of the doctors and went with them. And, you know, like they, they bought into my clinic, like helped me out to be like 25%. I think they put up like seven grand to help me get going after the one year mark, I'd repaid them back, Mm. you know, 30, 40 grand. And I was like, I just don't need you guys. So I bought them out and uh, Mm. did my own thing. So I still say I did it myself because they, they never came and helped me. And that's not a discredit to them. They're good people, but they have, a, they have their own practice and they were kind of investing into the group, into me. Yeah. But, um, I'd say they're 
$7,000 investment paid off. But uh, ultimately, yeah, I just kind of did it all myself. So how does a new chiropractor find patients? Back then, I remember the one of the first days that I was out trying to do marketing. I, I spent uh, like eight hours in Kmart. And there was like- Oh, this, really? Yeah, it was sucky. It was awful. Um, <laughs> I remember I was there and I was just trying to, you're just trying to talk to anyone. And I'm like such a newbie. I'm trying to, you know, like get my name out. And I kind of knew the manager there. And they're like, hey, you can come hang out in our health department and just talk to people. And um, I remember I was standing there talking and some guy walked by and he's like, hey, you're a chiropractor? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, yeah, so am I. And he's like, but I'm doing construction now. And and I was like, oh, okay. But, you know, he's like, good luck. And, and chiropractic's a little bit hard because- People know who you are, but you know, it's, it's not quite as mainstream as, you know, like a traditional medical doctor and everyone goes to see them. It's mm-hmm. kind of like, I feel like you're going fishing, you know, or hunting a little bit more. Um, you're trying to find those patients. And so I, I, from day one, focused a different avenue of chiropractic. So most of my focus has been on, um, auto accidents and helping people out with that versus the traditional chiropractor that is seeing a little bit of everything kind of like more of a family medicine practice um yeah so so my business has been based off of a lot of word of mouth a lot of referrals um so we're talking to attorneys and um you know just old patients trying to trying to let people know what we do and so a lot of door to door um i served a, a mission for my church and there was a lot of knocking on doors for that. And so I feel like that kind of prepped me for my business because literally it's like two, two full days a week going out and just getting rejected and trying to pass out business cards to businesses and trying to set up things like that. The Kmart was the only one time I did that one, but it's like trying to go on and present myself to businesses and gyms and places that, you know, people get hurt and, you know, you're just trying to like let people know who you are and buying lunches for law firms and trying to get your, your foot in the door. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, it's uh, going to medical doctors trying to explain what we do. A lot of people just didn't care. You know, they're not trying to help me grow my business. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's been, it, it was tough back then. As time's gone on, Brett's also tried a bunch of other types of marketing. We've done a lot like Google. We used to do uh, newspaper ads. I've been on the radio. Um, we've done a couple commercials. Um, Oh, we're really like, I'd say 90, 95% of our business comes from word of mouth and kind of more of the mindset of going out and finding these patients. A lot of people specifically in Carson's don't know that I always felt like they were underserved. Like they, they get in a car accident and nobody really calls them and tells them that they can go see doctors and much you know, chiropractor, physical therapist, and such, and that the auto insurance would pay for it. That nobody's like kind of like calling them up and telling them that. So we're trying to educate people on, on getting something done. And we feel like we're the best bet for it mm-hmm. because we get them in and then we can direct them to medical doctors or um, take the x-rays or t- send them off for MRIs or direct them to a concussion specialist. Or, you know, if somebody needs mm-hmm. something really bad, they need a surgery. So we've had people that they've been scared because they don't have health insurance and they don't, they don't know that somebody's going to help pay for their bills. Um, they don't understand that. They kind of think a lot of times that people were thinking car accident, auto insurance pays for my car to get fixed, but not me. So 
So yeah, um, mm-hmm. a lot of patient education. So we know that Brett's practice must have grown, but how big and how fast did it grow? We grew pretty much every year for about the first 12 years. We grew some, some percentage every single year. And in about, you know, year 12, we stabilized and kind of been where we're at. I've added new practices and different things along the way, but you know, my main core chiropractic offices, uh, kind of got to their, their peak right then. Um, so, so I feel like that's another thing is just kind of being a little bit innovative on what we do. Uh, I've opened some physical therapy offices to kind of transition people away from chiropractic once they get to that point that they need something different. Um, I've partnered recently with my offices with a couple other doctors where now we have a bit more A to Z patient care where it's, it's uh, chiropractic, it's physical therapy. Um, you know, we have a concussion bit, we have a surgical bit, you know, we, um, we have medical, you know, we have pain management. So now we kind of service the patient's completely, uh, for what they need. And it, and it's helped a lot. You know, we're not struggling to find a medical doctor that takes auto insurance to, uh, to do the billing. So, so yeah, it's, uh, constantly evolving, but uh, I feel like we're, we're, we're really dialed in at this point and, and growth is still happening. It's just, you know, maybe not as, as much as it was before. Now, there's always a bit of a slowdown when your business hits a certain point, but Brett also attributes that to the fact that he likes to spend time with his family and do other fun things because life is more more than just building a business. He also talks a little bit about the struggles of doing so many horizontal integrations with his business, meaning adding his the the physical therapy aspect, the surgical, all these things here are the challenges that come along with that. The biggest hurdle is not being the boss. Uh, I've been the only boss Mm. and I've got awesome staff and I've got them trained up where we're just really good at what we do. And we don't have as many flaws as maybe some other clinics. So, so combining with other people and letting go of control, um, kind of sucks. You know, like it's, that's the hard thing mm-hmm. is I've had a lot of other business partners over the years in other business ventures and they've always sucked. It's always, not, oh. it's always hard to not only trust someone, but allow them to do something different than me. Cause I feel like mm-hmm. if I'm doing it, I got it. I got, I can figure this out and I'm definitely not the smartest guy, but you know, I'll, I'll figure it out somehow. And then when you're yeah. with these business partners that have gone bad, you know, I'm like, man, I shouldn't have done this. I, I should have just done it myself, not trusted anyone. And I've got, I've got a good in, like, I feel good about these partners that I have. They're good people. And so that's really what's yeah. made me comfortable with like combining up, you know, cause I'm, I'm losing a lot of control on my clinics by doing this. Hmm. Yeah. That's, I, I would imagine. And that's very, very hard, I'm sure, because you've put a lot of work into what you do, it sounds like, and training your staff. And yeah, that's rough. Um, what advice would you give to someone then if if someone is out maybe speculating on bringing on a business partner, what advice would you give to that person? 
it shouldn't ever be, it should be good to have uncomfortable conversations. And early on, that was, that was hard for me to, to kind of call people out. And like, I like to, like, at this point, I like to have all the hard conversations up front of mm. what would this look like if this happened, if this, if this bad thing happened to us or our company, how does this look for us? Who's, who's doing what to fix it? Um, you know, and so like that, that would be the advice is if you're, if you're contemplating having a business partner or going into business and getting a business partner with someone, all of the hard stuff should be discussed first and put everything in writing. Um, early on, I couldn't afford an attorney, like a good attorney. I'd, I talked to attorney friends of mine and they'd give me some advice, but, um, but now I have the mindset of, you know, the more expensive the attorney, um, I'm happy to pay those bills. Cause it's usually, you know, like my attorneys are worth it and they've saved me a lot of money. Um, but mm-hmm. early on I get it if it's not practical, but everything should be written down. There shouldn't be any just handshake deals. There shouldn't be any, um, well, just trust me. You know, I've got your back situation. Um, I don't have any problem going into business with friends or family. Um, Another good piece of advice that was hard to swallow at the time was, um, you know, if, if you get into business with someone and it goes south, is it worth losing a relationship over? For those of you who are curious about Brett's other businesses, here we go. First one. So I got into, um, uh, starting to make a little bit of money and I remember realizing how much I was gonna have to pay in taxes. And so mm-hmm. I... I, I, I remember I, I was scrambling to find ideas. And so one of the things that you can do is you can buy equipment and use it as like a tax write-off. So I remember, uh, I, I bought some snowmobiles and some four wheelers and, and I, I was going to rent them out. And so that was one of the bad business ventures eventually that it, it was fine, but it took a long time to figure it out. But um, I partnered with a guy and I bought a lot of equipment and we rented it out and it was a, it was a great business. And we, I kept reinvesting a lot of money into it to buy boats and, and wave runners and side-by-sides and all these fun things. And the thing that I didn't like is I never used this stuff. And every time I did use it, it was always broken. So I didn't really want to use my boats and so that, but, um, hmm. but it was, it was, I feel like a lot of businesses are created of like necessity. Um, it was a good business because I didn't have to put my time into it. I just had to buy the stuff. And then my business partner mm. ran the company, um, you know, and it, and it didn't work out as good as it could have in the end. So we got to a point with that, that business partner. And I remember having a conversation with them one day and he said, well, I want to be where you're at. I want to be the investment guy. I don't want to be the manager and run this company. I'm like, well, that's kind of what you're bringing to the table. And so I, yeah. I, I got to a point where I didn't want to put any more money into that company. Um, company was where it should be, you know, you have to get to a point where you have to call it, you know, just be like, this is as good as, as much as I feel comfortable investing into this. And so I remember we would go to these, uh, chiropractic conventions every year down in Las Vegas. And I was walking down the strip and I was like by myself. Um, I'm not really like. I don't drink and, you know, I'm not big into gambling or anything. So like Vegas is kind of boring for me, you know, like I was by myself and 
and uh, there was a car rental business. There was a an old three Ferrari three hundred and sixty uh, Spider on the strip, and it said "Rent me." And so I was like, "Ah, oh, maybe I could figure that out." So I I came back to Utah, and I, I called a couple of those rental businesses and interviewed a couple of them, and um, chose one eventually. And we worked out a deal. And I, I remember I bought a uh, a red Ferrari F four thirty Spider. Um, you know, super cool car. And the plan was to rent it out for five years. And then I would be able to take the car cause it would be kind of worthless at that point, you know, it'd be beat up a little bit. And I remember like six months in, they called me back. Like we need more, we need another car. And then a couple months later, we need another car. So they had, uh, they had started their business because there was a an exotic dancer that needed to get rid of all of her cars. And so they started renting them out for her to make her payments. And then they took a cut. And so when I stepped in, we really kind of like <laughs> launched their company. We started buying, I think I got up to 13, <laughs> 13 different cars. And, and the, the girl at some point, you know, they, they got rid of her cause her, she was just trying to make her car payments. She got in over her head. And, uh, yeah. And so at some point I got up to about 13 cars down there with them. And then, that business, the managers were just not great. Um, I don't, yeah. So, so then I just kind of helped close that one down for a little while. So anyways, that's how I got into the car business. So out of all the cars that you rented and purchased, which one's your favorite to drive? So I don't know. I've got, I've got, I don't love McLaren. Uh, McLaren's a nightmare when yeah. it comes to rental business. They're cool cars, but they're like service nightmares. Um, mm. The closest McLaren dealership was in like Arizona. So if something went bad, you ship the car there. It could sit for six months. And I think they fixed a lot of their problems. But back then it was really kind of like a killer to have a rental car. Um, Lamborghinis are super solid. I love the Huracans. And I've got a couple of those mm. still. But uh, I've always I've always had a good uh, healthy relationship with Ferrari. I love uh, Ferrari 458. So yeah, I love that. Those are they're the most beautiful cars I think on this planet. Yeah, I think awesome. Ferrari just makes a beautiful car. Yeah, um, I'm more of a so I think Ferrari is the most beautiful car. I love the new F8s. Um, they're just awesome, but. uh the Porsche 911 Turbo S, I think, and, and I know it's it sounds like a vi- vacuum like cleaner, cool. and it's but I think they're so cool. Um, that's awesome, man. And you also did a private jet, right? You like you just tried that? You tried it. So we well, just why didn't you like that? Um, once again, it was managers. Um, yeah, we were pitched. I had a couple friends, and we were we were pitched the idea. They came in and showed us how they could charter it and all of the money that we would make. And we kind of probably, we did, we did a lot of homework. We, we looked at it, we felt good about it. And based off of everything, it should have been fine. Um, but the management company was set up that there was a lot of problems. There was, they had their own internal problems that we couldn't have foreseen. They had staffing issues, mm. um, reporting issues, they had people that were, you know, stealing from them. So like a lot of things that just were unforeseen to us and it took us a long time and it's cost us a lot of money personally to, uh, to experiment with that. But I have a pretty high 
a risk tolerance. So, you know, lesson learned, but, um, later we found out you probably shouldn't buy a plane. If you're looking to make money, if you can afford the plane <laughs> and you lose a lot of money monthly, then, uh, then go for it. But we were, we were mostly looking at it as a business opportunity, not necessarily for the ability to fly this plane wherever we wanted, whenever we wanted. It was, it was pitched different than what it turned out to be. Yeah. I, I can see that. Anything about like the airlines too, at least commercial airlines, they're always, their margins are always super thin. So I could it's see tough. that. Yeah. What would you say? has been the biggest contributor to your, your chiropractic success? I'm, I'd give it a really healthy dose of hard work. I'd say that was probably when it comes down to it, I do feel like I work harder than a lot of other people. I don't feel like I'm smarter by a long shot. You know, I, I hire smarter doctors than me for sure. They're, um, I feel like I'm a great chiropractor. I don't feel like I'm a bad I feel like I'm really good at what I do, but, um, just willing to do a lot of things that most people weren't. So I, I had a lot of, um, classmates and, and other colleagues and chiropractor and a lot of people with friends of friends that knew a chiropractor and they'd be like, Hey, he's not doing great. Or she, she's needs some. And so I've coached a lot of other friends and, and given advice, but what I've found is in actually doing it, very few people do it. Um, so hmm my success hasn't been overnight. It's taken years and years and years. So, um, people, people are looking for a little bit quicker uh, turnaround, a little bit quicker response. And I didn't know that going into it, how long it would take, but I just continued at it for so long and made it work. Um, so there's a lot of luck, you know, a lot of skill, you know, confidence, you know, all those things come with time, but the number one thing was just willing to work hard and just suck it up. Maybe because I am not the smartest or maybe because I am not the the greatest at other things. I'm willing to like admit my flaws and be like, yeah, all I got is hard work. So, you know, we'll figure this out. It's great. Where, so what's your vision for the future profession wise or not professionally? Um, profession wise, I'll, I'll just keep with this group that I'm with for my chiropractic offices that to me, that's like my, that's my bread and butter. That's what I, you know, if I'm going to do any other businesses, I have to be comfortable at one spot, you know? And so that one's always been comfortable. So I can be a little bit careless and a little bit reckless. Like that plane we talked about, um, you know, we made an investment into it. It didn't turn out great, lost some money, but, um, I'm also a little bit different. Like I, I need to have my foundation, my house, my cars, stuff like that, like paid, um, before I go and screw any of that up, you know, I'll, I'll play with some monopoly money and if it sucks, it sucks, but I'm not going to trip myself up and, and go for broke. You know, it's not worth yeah. it. Right on. Cool. Well, Brett Proctor, thank you so much for the time, man. I appreciate it. Thanks Cole. There is always a better way to do something, but if you get caught up in that, you're going to end up missing out on just doing the work and getting it done in the first place. First thing you got to do is just show up. And hey, thank you for listening. I really, really appreciate it. Please leave a review as it's a brand new channel and every little thing helps. I'd love to know what I'm doing good and what I'm not. Talk to you later, guys. See you on the next Mentor Mountain. Bye.